You are listening to Meet the Thriller Author. I am your host, Alan Peterson, and each episode of this podcast will introduce you to a new author in the thriller, mystery, and suspense genres. As a reader, I've been a fan of those uh, type of books for a very long time, and that is why I write in that uh, genre now, and so I'm excited to introduce you to new authors. Discovering uh, new books and authors is uh, such a fun thing to do, and uh, that's what I hope to do with these uh, interviews. So stay tuned for the next episode of Meet the Thriller Author. Hey everybody, this is Alan Peterson with Meet the Thriller Author, and for uh, this podcast, I have uh, Caroline Arnold, who is an international best-selling and award-winning author. She's a member of the uh, Crime Writers of Canada and Sisters in Crime, and she has four ongoing series, uh, Detective Madison Knight, the uh, Brandon Fisher FBI series, McKinley Mysteries, and the Matthew Connor Adventures. And uh, Carolyn's uh, very genre-diverse, writing everything from cozy to hard-boiled mysteries, thrillers, and action-adventures. And her latest book in the line of duty, is, which is book number seven in her uh, Madison Knight uh, series, has just been published. So we're uh, happy to have her here. Uh, Carolyn, thank you for being on the podcast. Hey, thank you for having me. So uh, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, please? Uh, sure. I have uh, been writing since uh, 2006. Um, at which time I had actually been away from writing for 13 years at that point. I wrote as a teenager. Um, Life just sort of happened to me. I moved across the province, got married, all of that, and I was just reunited with writing, say, 13 years after. So I've been writing since 2006. I published my first book in 2011, and uh, as of now, like with line, In the Line of Duty, that's my 26th book published in five years. Wow, that's pretty incredible. <laughs> Pretty proud of that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm jealous. <laughs> How would you describe your books uh, to someone who hasn't read any of your previous novels? Um, well, I basically, I break it up by series. So I say to everyone that my mysteries, I've got the, the whole spectrum's covered. Because I've got the cozy uh, to the in-between to the darker mystery thriller type. So my McKinley Mysteries is a cozy. So you have... It's like the old television show, Heart to Heart. You have a married couple who actually used to be homicide detectives in Albany, New York, who happened to just uh, stumble across murders and investigations even after they retire. And so they're solving those with crazy little hijinks. And then you have uh, the Detective Madison Night series, which I compare to a blend of Law and Order meets CSI. And then my Brandon Fisher FBI series uh, is a lot like Criminal Minds. So you got from light to dark. Well, so you really do cover the whole uh, the whole gamut there of, of uh, mysteries, huh? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Keeps you busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, I noticed on your um, uh, uh, your trademark on your website, it said police procedurals respected by law enforcement. Uh, how did that come about? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, a lot of thought went into that. I went to a webinar in Toronto, Ontario, and a lot of it was on branding. And I was trying to think, okay, so the whole subject matter of branding is what makes you different than other people, say, doing the same thing as you. So what made me stand out from, say, other mystery writers or other thriller writers? And so I was trying to think of, of that. And I realized that I received a lot of emails from people who either work in law enforcement or have who have worked in law enforcement who praised up my books and told me how they were both entertaining and accurate. Um, so I realized then that, well, I can honestly say that my books are police procedurals respected by law enforcement. So that's how that came to be. And did you have a background in law enforcement before you started writing about crime thrillers? Or what, what did you do before? 
before, completely unrelated, <laughs> I was I actually worked in an office in accounts receivable. But I have such a love and a passion for law enforcement. And obviously, a lot of research goes into my books. I have contacts that I can reach out to and ask questions of, uh, whether it be a retired police officer, whether it be an officer who works in SWAT, uh, people who work in forensics and have that sort of knowledgeable background that can help me to make sure that I get all my facts and procedures correct. Oh, so that's great. So you have a, like, a network in place that you can go and pick their brains when necessary. Yeah? Absolutely. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, so can you tell us a little bit about your new book? It's just been published, right, in the line of duty? It has. With this book, a police officer is gunned down in the line of duty, hence the title. And it really follows um, the inside of the police department, how they deal with the loss of a brother on not only a professional level, but on a personal one. The whole goal of this book, um, not only just to entertain people, is also to show the human side of policing. Uh, often, um, I find that there's stark um, differences between how people view law enforcement. Um, either people are viewing them in a negative light and criticizing them. Others of us lift them way up on pedestals. But I think what's important for us to realize is that at the, at the base of it, they're people too. So... People make mistakes, but people in law enforcement, the majority of them, have a love for the communities they work in and a love for people. And this book really shows how um, they struggle with the loss of a brother. And they're not only dealing with this grief, but they're, they have to sort of compartmentalize that to find justice and find the murderer. Yeah, it's been a hard time, especially here in, uh, in, in the United States for a police right now so it's kind of a uh, it's good to see to read these stories about uh, you know how what how hard it is to do that job i mean that to be like psychiatrists and social workers everything it wrapped wrapped up into one absolutely absolutely uh, i was just going to say that i uh, benefited from a local um, citizens academy with the police department here and really got to see like the inside uh, what it's like to be an officer even got to have a ride-along oh. um, with a sergeant and got to experience, um, of all things, a death investigation. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, so just having that firsthand interaction as well taught me so much and is only going to serve to even strengthen my books. Mm -hmm. So you were actually at a, at a scene where there was like a body or... Yes, I was. Oh wow! How was that? Was that? How was that to handle that? <laughs> to see it, to actually see a dead body. Um, it was interesting how the mind reacts to the situation. I'm the type of person that if I see somebody crying and they're upset about something, I can tear up just out of feeling empathy for them. Um, in this case, um, the one person was talking about having found the person. Um, I don't want to disclose too much information, um, but having found the person. And I found that I was able to actually just feel for them, but I was detached. So it had to have been adrenaline that kind of kicked in and just made it almost, um, almost yeah, the best word would be detached. I sort of detached mentally from it, um, that that was um, a living person. And at the time, I was able to go through um, the person's home with the sergeant and look for any sort of evidence or anything that stuck out to us. And I did all of that just fine, but it was actually later on at night 
that it started hitting me that, oh my goodness, I was with a dead person all day. And then it was like, I found that I got a little bit emotional, um, realizing that that was somebody's loved one, right? Mm -hmm. And it just sort of kicked in. And I mean, talk about really building my respect because I can't imagine, like I couldn't have imagined going back the next day for another shift and doing all that over again, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, that'd be tough to be seen that day in and day out. All the 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 stuff that they see on a daily basis that would be that would be rough. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine it. Uh, and so now, why did you start writing thrillers? Were you a fan and mysteries, and uh, were you a fan of these genres before you started writing them as a reader? Absolutely, love reading them. I uh, love watching them on television. Um, I really like something that makes me think. And so obviously unravel the mystery, right? Figure out who done it. Yeah. So that would be why I was drawn to write in that genre. I actually, when I first started writing as a teenager, um, was writing romances. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <Poor>. <laughs> yeah. And uh, actually the first book, first full-length novel I finished was a romantic suspense. So I just I kind of incorporated that danger with the romantic suspense and realized, hey, this is where I want to be is the police procedurals. And the, uh, the 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 books that you've written now, uh, your twenty six books, those those are cover those four genres that you're currently writing now, right? Those four series. Yes. Mm-hmm. And how do those uh, 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 differentiate from uh, one another? Okay, um, so well, with the Brandon Fisher FBI, it is darker. Um, you have actually a rookie FBI agent um, on a team of uh, profilers with the behavioral analysis unit. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it would be neat. A lot of times in books, um, authors go from the standpoint of the veteran officer. So I wanted to try something new with that. So I started off with a brand new FBI agent. So then they're um, tasked with finding and hunting down serial killers. My Detective Madison Knight series um, has a strong female lead. Uh, She is a veteran. Uh, She lives for the job. She reads the job. She loves it. Um, What's important to her is finding justice for murder victims. Uh, with my McKinley Mysteries, um, it's more lighthearted. Um, you're not going to have any um, swear words in it or any graphic violence in it. It's um, more sort of just like hijinks, trying to solve um, suspicious deaths or what they obviously term as murders or view as murders. And my Matthew Connor Adventure series, um, there's only one book in it so far, and it's um, what I describe as an action adventure series for mystery lovers. So. I actually, as I was writing that book, there's also a little police investigation going on kind of in the background of it as well. And do you find, like, do your readers, do they, like, read the different uh, uh, series? Or they, the, do you hear back from your fans about that, or do they pretty much stick to the to one or the other? Um, I'm very fortunate that they love um, mostly all of it. There. Oh, that's so, great. <laughs> yeah, so they'll usually go, like, from one to the other. Um, so yeah, like I even have people like on Amazon, I'll see that other, um, like Brandon Fisher readers, uh, will read McKinley's and vice versa, which considering they're so stark of, uh, an end of the spectrum. So anyway, that's interesting. And I like that, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> Good for business. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and do you like work on one series at a time or do you like jump around when you're writing? Um, I am striving to only focus on like one book at a time. Mm-hmm. I keep re-looking at my schedule and reworking it so that I can just focus on one at a time because otherwise I find it too overwhelming. But I will, um, from the sense 
I'll write like a book in one series, then go on to the next series. The next time I go to write a book in that way, like I'll sort of alternate them. Mm -hmm. But I, I do my best to avoid working on them together because I just, yeah, it stresses me out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine it'd be a little hard uh, to keep everything in the world's all separated. <laughs> that's right. There's so many voices. <laughs> yeah, 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 that could be bad for your health. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, what kind of authors influence your writing? Um, at the beginning, it was definitely uh, David Baldashi and Sandra Brown. Mm -hmm. So with David Baldashi, um, he has a way of really um, filling out characters and getting you attached to them. And so I really loved that part of what Baldashi does in the book. So that character development part. Um, with Sandra Brown, I loved how she goes... Um, where you wouldn't almost even dare to go. Like she'll say, when she says things, sometimes you're just almost like gasping in shock. Like she just wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, a little bit of that too, because you want to keep your, your readers um, engaged and alert and go, hey, you know, that kind of thing. So both of those authors definitely influenced me to start. And you have so many uh, different series and, and, and books going on. Where do you get all your ideas for all these books? Um, the scary part, my head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, like with Eleven, like sometimes they're from dreams or nightmares that I've had. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, some of them are actually toned down nightmares. So <laughs> <laughs> um, with Eleven, um, there's a house outside of the city I live in that I've driven by, and it's sort of like run down. And I don't know, just an author's imagination uh, driving by, and I'd just be like, what if there were underground burial chambers under there? Like, no one would ever know. And <laughs> that's sort of what came to mind to create 11. Oh, wow. And then do you like, a, do you like, you must have like a notepad or a recorder all the time so you could take these notes from your head? <laughs> um, it would probably be a lot more quiet up there if I did. But I, <laughs> um, I hold on to a lot of it <laughs> and just kind of like, you know, fly, file it away up there. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Good thing. Good thing you have a way of getting it out of your head then by writing, right? <laughs> That's for sure. But yeah, I go a little crazy when I've been away from writing for any length of time. <laughs> <laughs> so do you uh, do you write every day now? Is that the? Oh. Well, I have sort of a, a revolving schedule, you could say that way. Um, I set up what I'm going to release sort of a year in advance, so I know what's coming out and when I want it to come out, and then I sort of work on when I need to have like the first draft written, when it needs to go to the editor for a developmental edit, when it comes back to me, et cetera, and so on, right? So the copy edits, professional proofreads, all of that with the in-between processes. So depending on my schedule, I'm either editing or I'm writing. And that usually kind of alternates almost like every other month kind of thing. Hmm. Do you set a goal for yourself when you're writing, like X amount of words per day, or do you just try not to get the, uh, worry about that? Um, a blend of both. So I have to quote unquote worry about it to the extent that um, I'm trying to reach deadlines to get a developmental edit to my editor. Mm -hmm. So I break down a goal of so with a mystery, I aim for seventy five thousand for the first draft, mm -hmm. um, and I break that down as per ideally Monday through Friday. How many words do I have to write to have that done in six weeks? Say. Mm -hmm. And then I break it down, and then I aim for those goals. But, I mean, as you get going in the book, you can't help it because it speeds up, right? Because everything's kind of coming together, and you're writing faster. Um, then other times, 
the way that word count can work against you is if, say, if you've got a little behind, it can feel overwhelming. So it's almost better just to shuffle that number out of your head and just sink into the book and just have fun with it. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and do you do you like plot or an outline or you pants pants it? What's your style? Oh, uh, panster. Oh yeah. If, oh wow. Yeah, if I uh, anytime I've ever tried to do any sort of an outline, it's crickets. <laughs> it's crickets. Complete crickets. I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like my characters are like, you're not gonna tell me what to do. I don't. <laughs> so I'm much better just to like write the first draft, write it as it flows. I write like I watch a movie, mm-hmm. and then then the part for making sure that everything works out perfectly comes after it's gone for the developmental edit, right? Mm -hmm. That's the heavy lifting comes into play with being a panster because then you got to make sure that everything's drawn out that it needs to be and everything's moving along at a fast pace at the same point, you know, and different things are revealed at the opportune times. and And do you find, like, any of your personality makes it into your characters? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, I don't think um, any authors can help that. Or, and yeah, outside of, um, influences. Yeah, that's been the, of everyone I've interviewed, almost everyone says, yep, yeah. <laughs> that question. <laughs> so that's why I'm always curious. Be, that's right, yeah. I think it'd be um, difficult to completely take yourself out of the books because it's the author who makes the book, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, right, yep. And do you find like, uh, I don't know, like movies and television and pop culture, things like that, do they influence your, your, your novels? Uh, not without verifying any facts. Mm-hmm. If they give me any sort of a spark of an idea or whatever, I verify anything that's on television, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> like Wikipedia for research? <laughs> <laughs> well, between reaching out to my contacts and then Googling different sites and all that as well. So, yeah. And then I have some reference books too. So what are some of the challenges that you find when, you are, when you're writing, when you start the writing process? Uh, um, I think, well, it's fun. it might sound funny to some people considering I've got all those books out, but I still find it kind of almost daunting and almost scary when you start writing a book. Like, even though I've done it so many times, it's like, oh, do I have what it takes to do this again? You know? <laughs> and you just have to sort of, you just push through it and you realize, oh, okay, it's all good. It's all there. Yeah, that is interesting. It doesn't get easier, does it? By, yeah, no. no matter how many books you have out. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, uh, and um, so um, you said you get the feedback from uh, law enforcement. Um, is that the, they're like readers who just read your book and happened to be in law enforcement and they reached out to you? Yes, absolutely. Oh, wow, that's wonderful. Yeah. So that must be yeah. so exciting when you first got uh, one of those. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And then, yeah, when I was trying to uh, realize what my brand was, yeah. it's like, wait a minute, I've got quite a few of these over the years. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, are your books, uh, are they set in the in Canada or in the States? Well, you said one was in Albany, New York, right? Yeah, so um, my McKinley, McKinley Mysteries are set out of Albany, New York. Um, but they are, like, rich beyond belief. So they do a lot of traveling. So mm. you can be wherever with them. Uh, with Detective Madison Knight, it's actually in a fictional city called Styles. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then with my uh, Brandon Fisher FBI series... It's obviously in the states in real places. Yeah, and Matthew Connor, he actually he does live in Toronto. And did you find when you're making up your own uh, police department and city was that is that's probably that's probably pretty liberating because you don't you're not really held with constraints that much or yes was, yeah <laughs> yeah I love it <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that, that's pretty good. I, I, I've always been intimidated doing that. I don't know if my imagination is as good to, to be able to do that. So it's very impressive that you can create a whole city out of your head. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit about uh, your current, uh, like your w- current work in progress? What are you working on now? Oh, my head's sort of still in a knot. Um, I'm actually working on developmental edits. <laughs> I'm in that heavy lifting stage. Uh-huh. Um, and it's for book seven in the Brandon Fisher FBI series. Okay. It's uh, slated to come out, and this one sort of, I'm not sure if it's going to be March or April. I haven't 100% decided yet. And, uh, yeah, so I'm heavy lifting that right now. So I've done a lot of rewrites, and I'm doing another run-through, and it'll go for a copy edit here in a week or so. Okay, and when did when did you publish in the line of duty? It's very recent, right? Like a... Yeah, I just actually just passed this past Thursday. So oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, well, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, I checked out your uh, your page on Amazon. Uh, it's doing very well, so c- congrats on that, too. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, so where do you usually write your novels? Uh, do you have, like, a dedicated space in your house or an office? Or? Yeah, I have an office. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, we have a two-bedroom home, and uh, the second bedroom was claimed for office space. <laughs> Mine. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and do you, like, use Word, or do you use, like, a, one of those writing softwares to write your books? I use Scrivener um, to do the writing, and then I use Word for editing. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, what's like? What's your? What? Once you're actually sitting down and writing, can you? What's like your writing day like? Do you like write all day, or do you set like times? Or Um, I mostly am striving for those word counts. Mm -hmm. So, assuming I'm on track and everything, and I didn't get behind for any reason. I'm aiming for those word counts. So my word count that I aim for for a 75,000 uh, 75, word length novel is about 2,500 words a day for a month. Mm-hmm. And I can write that when I'm on a word in an hour and a half, two hours. If I'm on a word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if I just fall in the rabbit hole, right? It yeah. just comes right out. Okay, so that's good. So you're just breaking it up like simple mathematics, right? You got 30 days, 2,500 words, boom. That's right. (laughs) And do you still find time to read uh, with that busy schedule? I love to read. I read all the time. So I'm either reading um, nonfiction in the morning before I start working. Mm -hmm. Um, And I usually read fiction at night in front of the television. (laughs) So I'll be on the couch beside my husband. He'll be watching TV. I'll be kind of watching TV, but reading fiction. <laughs> yeah, I do the same thing, too. I, my wife comes and says, are you reading or are you watching TV? I'm like, both. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I catch what I need to catch on the show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and if I, I don't, you're there for it, right, honey? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, so uh, what, are, what are some of the books that you're reading now? Do you recommend any to the listeners? Uh, right now I'm reading Harlan Coben. Oh, yeah, uh, I love him. He's great. Yeah, I think it's Fool Me Twice is the name of the book. Mm-hmm. It has the frames on the cover. And um, for nonfiction, I like reading books that are empowering. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going blank right now. So there's, I think it, the one was Rhonda Burns, The Power, mm-hmm. if I've got her name right for that book. It's about the power of love and how it can change the world. And uh, 52 Ways to Yay which is making like a happy, beautiful life and different little steps that you can take to look at life differently to help make you even happier. Oh, yeah. I have to look at, I have to check those out. Yeah. Yeah, get a little, get a little bit uh, good good vibes going. That's right. Uh, and okay. so you, do you interact a lot with your readers? I mean, you said you, the law enforcement people contact you, so you must. are you active like on all the social media and Facebook and Twitter and all that good stuff? 
Yep, absolutely. Twitter, Facebook. Um, email them back. Um, it's very important to me to email my readers back. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't got into doing um, book club meetings yet, but that's definitely something that I want to initiate moving forward in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, is- so you can Skype with them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that'd be fun. That's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Do you go to any of the conferences at all? Uh, the only one I've ever been to um, was BosherCon a few years back. Mm, okay. Yeah, but that's definitely another one of my goals is to attend more of those too, for sure. I'd even love to speak on some panels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, so you're gonna keep, you're gonna keep working on these four series. You, uh, you're gonna keep up uh, keep on those. You have anything else that you're thinking you might be working on? Um, not right at this point. Yeah, uh, you got a full plate. <laughs> I do have a full plate. In fact, in all honesty, um, here I'm gonna reveal something to you um, with the Matthew Connor Adventure series. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I'm going to continue it as a series. Okay. This is my first time saying this out in public here. Oh, this is um, Yeah, so I'm not saying it's off the board altogether. It's just kind of put to the side for right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I really absolutely love writing police procedurals. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's fun. Oh, cool. This is like a little exclusive for the show. Thank you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, well, before I let you go, is there anything else you'd like to tell uh, our listeners? And, and we do have aspiring writers on here, too. So I kind of like to, uh, any words of wisdom for an aspiring writer that might be listening to this show? I would say to just keep writing. Try not to get discouraged. If you do get discouraged, think back on all the good that you have accomplished already. Um, How many other people do you know that have written a book who have even set out to actually seriously write a book? And if they're already doing that, they're already ahead of the game. And if there's writers out there who have published their books and they still feel frustrated or that maybe those books haven't taken off yet or whatever, to just stay positive, keep working hard at it, view it as a business, not a hobby. Never, It's never a hobby, even if you haven't earned a penny at it. Writing is a business. And if you view it that way and with passion, I really don't see why you can't have all the success in the world. Well, that is good advice. I, I really like that too of, of treating it as a business from the get go. Yeah, very, very great advice. Okay, so I'll have links on the website uh, to your site. It's uh, carolynarnold.net, uh, and uh, people can find out about your books there. And in the line of duty, it's uh, everywhere, right? You're wide. You're not just on Amazon. That's right. Yep. I, yeah, and Barnes and Noble, Kobo, Apple, all of it. All right, great. It's a million chapters. <laughs> a million chapters, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it, uh, Caroline, and uh, good luck with your writing. And I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll thank you for being on the show. Okay. Thank you, Ellen. All right. Bye now. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Meet the Thriller Author. I'd like to ask you to please uh, rate and review this uh, podcast over on iTunes. It only takes a few seconds, and it really helps me get the word out about the podcast. I would really appreciate that. And you can visit my website at thrillingreads.com forward slash podcast. If you haven't subscribed yet, you can do so from there. Uh, you can do it on iTunes. You can do it with Stitcher. You can do it on Android. The RSS feed is there, so I make it very easy for you to subscribe to this uh, podcast. And you can also join my mailing list uh, from the website. And I've actually been uh, getting some pretty cool offers uh, for listeners. So if you want to uh, get a great deal on a thrilling read, you can uh, join the mailing list over at thrillingreads.com forward slash podcast. And uh, you'll get a 
I'll let you know about these uh, great offers that I've been receiving uh, that I can pass on to you. And uh, please visit my website, my author website, over at alanpeterson.com, and you can download my uh, best-selling thriller, The Asset, for free from there. Thank you very much, and until next time. Thank you.